This is the Spec Sheet. Curtis Thorne. Call us now. 573-837-4948. Flat screen monitor users. Not done. That number again, 573-837. That number again, 537-837. That number again, 573-837-4948. And now, here's the spec sheet. Sound like I'm just, uh, I just had, I just discovered pubes last week. What's up, dude? <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> it's the spec sheet with Curtis Thornton. I'm Michael Van Dieven. Hi, everybody. What's up, Curtis? Hey, how are things going on this Easter? Oh, it's Easter. I forgot. It does happen to be, yes. I, actually, I swear to God, I forgot it was Easter. <laughs> what an ironic Well, you don't have children yet. What an ironic arrangement in a <laughs> sentence. I swear to God, I forgot it was Easter. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, he's a forgiving God if you believe in him. But, but we accept all faiths or lack thereof. So, how was your tech week? Uh, it, it was actually a, a good one. I, I, I would say nothing major uh, has happened, which is uh, kind of... Sad. I, I like the weeks when there's a lot of things happening. Uh, if you're a Mac owner, uh, it was an interesting week as far as uh, malware. Have you heard about the uh, flashback? Worse than Conficker, they say. Yes. Um, at the last, the last story I read, I think it was yesterday sometime, it said there was something on the order of uh, 600,000 machines 600, infected with this uh, Trojan, this malware. And so I guess really officially the days of the Mac being the system for those who prefer not to worry about mal malware. I think those days officially are now over. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, the problem is that this is, uh, <laughs> the, the vulnerability has been around for a while. So uh, it, it was just a matter of the, the activity growing to this level that uh, it was noticed. So th this is just the first probably of many that are out there already. So Apple knew about the vulnerability? Well, well yeah. Uh, part of the problem with the Apple mentality of them wanting to do everything themselves because because this one really i mean it's it's apple's own fault that they got to this point uh when you use the uh mac os 10 the the version of java that you use isn't the official release from oracle uh it's one that they take that, that apple takes reworks it does their own thing with it and then self-releases it so you can't just go to java.com and get the latest update, or if you download Java, like on Windows uh, or on uh, Linux, and uh, just set it to auto-update so you always have the latest version. Well, if, if Java releases an update, Apple has to go through, test that update, commit it to their version of Java, and then make it available for users. Well, Java had fixed this exploit uh, several months before uh, this all came to light, but Apple hadn't done anything to fix it. This is very similar to a, a browser problem they had with Safari where it was a pretty well-known WebKit problem, but same idea. 
Apple releases you know Safari on their own, uh, so they take what happens with WebKit, then they they mix it up their own way and send it out there. Uh, same thing with Java. So they were late to create the update. I guess the big question here is why? Why are they doing that with Java? They why do you want to create two separate platforms for everybody to have to watch with a magnifying yeah. glass? I've Just, never understood that either. There are certain areas I'm okay with it. Uh, but Java is it's the whole point of it's that it's supposed to work across you know cross platform so why not let it uh, let one working group manage it uh, it's always annoyed me and the other thing too is that uh, I think it was uh, a little over a year ago maybe more the Apple stopped releasing any version of flash with uh, the OS so you have to go just like on Windows and download flash when you first uh, go to a website that uses it uh, and part of this malware, is it, it faked the Flash installer, which I think you're going to see more things like that uh, on Windows and on on Macintosh, where it fakes the, the Flash installer because it always updates. I've noticed on my Windows PC uh, on a regular basis when I do a restart, it comes up and wants to do an update to Flash. Well, if you had installed this vulnerability, you would have thought you're doing a Flash update uh and when in reality you're installing this malware that's going to screw up Java on your computer and steal a bunch of information. Interestingly, uh, I have an article in our, our prep here from CNET that part of it, what it did was stole passwords from your browser and also Skype. So I find it interesting that Skype ends up being a part of that too. I'm trying to bring somebody onto the show here. I just got a contact request. Oh, here it is. Okay, there you are. Add contacts. There you go. I guess uh, this is Luke Bolger who frequently comments in our on our Facebook page. He's okay. like one of our stalker fans. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Those are my favorite ones to to ignore. No, I mean no. What? I'm joking. God, you really you're really trying to alienate the listener base, aren't you? <laughs> no, you're really yes, not no. interested in uh, cultivating goodwill between <laughs> us and them, are you? Anyway, Luke, well, what do you want to talk about? You've got a lot of stuff here, and I've read none of it, so I'm just going to kind of okay. follow well, your you lead have, here. Did you have Luke you said on there? To Well, he hasn't called yet, but he, he's, oh, okay. he's now been added to the contact list, so I guess okay. I don't know when he's going to call or if he's even going to after your comment just now. Well, I want him to. Uh, I, I want him to call. He may him. not. I, I'm all for it. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, what do you want to talk about? We'll, well, well I think uh, finishing up with this, like, like I said, the biggest story to me was the Mac uh, malware where uh, I think it's important for people who do use Mac OS to to go to uh, whatever your your preferred antivirus software would be. I know F Secure has a a tool to to update it or, or to check your computer and then clean it, but it looks pretty nasty as far as cleaning it. I was glad to see my Mac didn't have this virus, but or malware, whatever you want to call it. I hate that it's called malware now. But why uh, do you hate that? I don't know. It's just it. It's a uh, you don't like the uh, ambiguity it, of it? Yeah, it, it's dumb. I want to know, is it a virus? Is it a Trojan? Malware is just, it covers so many different things. that. Well, I think that um, I think that started in the, actually, support industry. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. That's hard to say. Cause As I a remember, item on- well, when I worked for Dell, we were not allowed to refer to uh, anything that would be found on a client's computer as malware or a virus or spyware. You weren't allowed to use that word, those words. Um, we had to speak in euphemisms. So we would refer to things of that nature as third-party software. 
<laughs> That's all the stuff that got installed with it. Yeah. So I'm trying to, but I, I suspect that this use of the term malware probably started somewhere deep within the industry. There's probably a corporate reason for it somewhere, I yeah. suspect. Well, it, it's just funny because you see malware, the, the I guess the uh, inverse to that is software. Like software is always going to be something positive, And there's so much crap out there as far as software that I just... Uh, it's always annoyed me as a term. Let's be specific. Is something a virus? And if something is a virus, is it a Trojan? What's the top level? Uh, you know, if you're categorizing this as like like in the animal kingdom, uh, what's the top level for a virus or a Trojan? Is malware the highest? And then you you drill down from there. Uh, well, I think I, if you just call it malware, it's sort of a dummy's way of explaining things so that you don't have to explain things. Yeah, yeah. I just don't like it. I don't like the word. Uh, just a second. What's that? Okay. No, I turned it off. Yeah. Yeah, the landlord to my office is in here because I'm having AC problems. Oh, really? Yeah, this AC behind me, it keeps turning off for no reason. He's taken it apart piece by, well, he took the control panel apart piece by piece. And for whatever reason... We can't seem to figure this thing out. We got a lot of people actually that seem as though they're interested in calling. That should be. That's good. Yeah, this that should be a nice change for this show. But, well, you know the 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 wild things. This is what three weeks in a row that we've done it. So uh, maybe people are getting used to us again because we used to get calls, uh, n- not on a an episode by episode basis, but well, when we, we go four months without a show. People kind of forget you exist eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? I think we're just giving the people what they want. Sometimes they want a break from us. Uh, and people want us again, so so we'll be here. This is interesting. Um, one of the stories you had here was about a screen. I think it was a screen cover. Yeah, a yeah. Uh, a, a new self repairing film for devices which <clears> fix <throat> fixes scratches in under ten minutes. Uh, ten seconds. Ten. Oh, I'm sorry. Ten. What? Ten okay. Well, I'm going to have to take a look at this. Torre's advanced film department has finished its new self cure coating, and is set to start using it as a decorative layer on a series of as yet unannounced notebooks. Fortunately, the company is already chasing down more pervasive uses on small smartphones, and touch panels. The science involves a wet coating method that adds a special recovering layer to PET film. Alongside that healing factor, the layer responsible also throws in some elastic and cushioning properties. During today's demonstration, scratches made with a metal brush apparently repaired themselves, resulting in the rehabilitated glossy surface you see above. According to the Japanese manufacturer, the ability to heal improves at lower temperatures, but room temperature is apparently enough to make scratches disappear in 10 seconds or less. Now, really quick, isn't that the most surprising part of that? Wouldn't you think a self-repairing coating would repair better at warmer temperatures versus colder temperatures? Actually, yeah, that is what I thought, and I that's what yeah. I interpreted that to have been saying, but I guess I had it backwards. <laughs> yeah, well, it says that... Uh, the ability to heal, heal improves itself at lower. Yeah, that actually, lower yeah, that just that, 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 that defies my, my brain. My brain inserted the word higher there as I was reading right. it, even though I think I read lower. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I wasn't here while I was reading that, Curtis. <laughs> well, it's because you don't have air conditioning. I understand. <laughs> no, it's got nothing to do with that. I can assure you. <laughs> no, it's because you're talking to me. <laughs> Again, wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, so that ought to be pretty interesting. And they're going to start using this on mobile devices. Is that yeah? Well, it's going to start ubiquitous. Being, 
Yeah, it's going to be the or the other thing about this. I guess I didn't let you get far enough into it. Is that uh, it says that it's trying to differentiate it differentiate itself from existing solutions, which I find interesting that there's already self healing coatings on technology devices. Uh, but but anyway, th- this is going to be a layer between the the top coat on your your laptop and then what's between it and the the bare metal. Uh, and then also on phones is what I think they're they're hoping to get to. Mm-hmm. So if you chip that top layer, then this will heal itself over it, uh, and so it still looks perfect. Uh, I guess not chip it, but if you scratch it, then it would would clear up all the scratches. Well, there are. I think that there are no scratches. Right. Well, yeah, the scratches go away because the coating kind of covers itself. Yeah. Again, it's like a, a, a liquid coating, basically. It's probably yeah. like a kind of a gel. Yeah, actually. I would think so. Yeah. Huh. Well, well that's one of the things they say on here is that uh, that Gorilla Glass and this need to come together, and that would be a, a, an awesome thing there because Gorilla Glass is supposed to have a self-healing uh, ability for scratches too, or, or the resistance to it is supposed to stop scratches. But in my experience, I haven't noticed it to be any better than any other. Well, every companies. iPhone uses Gorilla Glass, right? Yes, yes, it does. Yeah. Okay, so why do I keep fixing them in my office? Exactly. That's when I say that I, I always hear that touted for its durability and uh, the fact that uh, it doesn't uh, break, but drop an iPhone at the right angle and it's going to crack quickly. Um, I'm looking I'm looking to see if anyone else feels the way we do about Gorilla Glass. And really quickly, um, I just typed Gorilla Glass sucks. Yeah. And I'm looking to see if I can find any videos on YouTube of anybody... There's an awesome uh, video which doesn't really help us for for this conversation, but it's from Corning showing what the future of glass is going to be. And they have all kinds of really cool things they show, like in car interfaces and walking into a a museum and uh, standing in front of a big display of glass. And uh, all of a sudden it it shows like a dinosaur and whatever it is that exhibit has in it. But I like the idea of this augmented reality that if – Gorilla Glass gets us there, cool, but what if you tap on it wrong and the thing shatters? My wife is sending me text messages harassing me because I took the Nook tablet to my office with me today to do no, this radio right. show. That wasn't well, fair. it's supposed to be my tablet. Why can't I take it? <laughs> no, there's no such thing as yours. It's I asked hers. her, do you want one of these? We'll get you one. No, no, but, but I'm not supposed to take mine out of the house. <laughs> right. Well, then, I, I see the logic there. That's working out really nicely. <laughs> That's funny because when I bought our iPad, I, I told my wife, feel free to use this whenever. And I think she's picked it up three or four times. And that's to hand it to my kids. Gosh, that's surprising. She's, you would think that an iPad would just sort of find its way into the hands of everybody in the house. No, I agree. Yeah, my kids play on the iPad constantly. But, uh, yeah, my wife, she'll sit and read a book on her <laughs> iPhone but it has no interest to do the same thing on the iPad. I can't say, I can't tell you how happy I am with this Nook tablet with CyanogenMod flashed on it. I <laughs> could not be happier. It's an amazing device. It works That's wonderfully. The, I, I, the, this, this build of CyanogenMod is so stable. Um, I mean, I've had almost zero problems. And, and the problems that I have had have been the result of me screwing things up when I'm going from one ROM to another, things of that nature. So uh, I really can't recommend it enough. If you'd like to have an awesome tablet that doesn't have a camera, which I think a lot of people really don't care about the camera anyway on a tablet. Well, I, um, I was amazed my, my last trip out of town 
to a, a city larger than the tiny one I'm in now, uh, the, the amount of people who are trying to take pictures with iPads or tablets and trying to position everything correctly, I'm like, come on, just use your phone. It's got a better camera anyway. Just buy a camera. I mean, buy a real camera. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like still there's no phone out there that comes close to a real camera with a, with a real lens, with a real light sensor. Um, I mean, I know cameras and phones have light sensors, but they're so physically small that it just fails to capture nearly the amount of data that a full-sized light sensor can capture. I'm talking about something like on a uh, uh, 5D Mark II, you know, a really nice Canon camera. I mean, if you can afford Apple products, I would think that you should be able to afford a decent SLR camera. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would think that... uh that when it comes to a phone like the, or <clears throat> to a to camera like that, though, you're going to take the time to frame shots where the nice thing about having it on your, your phone is you're just taking candid in the moment photos. And probably any camera phone that's out that you would buy today is good enough for those. But if you want to take real pictures of a trip somewhere, you, you want to use a higher quality camera. Because I don't mind the quality on anything uh, five megapixels and up is going to be good enough for candid in the moment photos well an ipad i mean if you're already comfortable comfortable with android then i would just really suggest you go to ebay you can get a brand new nook tablet for just right around 200 bucks 200 bucks and once i mean they're useless the way they're shipped they're useless on the shelf um Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll turn this thing on and you'll say to yourself uh, but for buying things from Barnes and Noble, what can I do with this piece of crap? And uh, once you f- just flash Cyanogen Mod on it, it really runs great. You can run Cyanogen Mod off of the SD card, or you can actually flash it onto the internal memory. So if you don't want to actually wipe out what's on internal memory in this thing, you don't have That's, to. Uh, I like that. But it's better to run it off of the internal memory just because. Uh, you're going to have far better performance. You know, the onboard memory is going to be a lot faster than what's on the SD card. So anyway, right. uh, Luke, what's going on, brother? Hey, man. Uh, can you hear me? I do. Where are you calling from? Yeah. From Wales, UK. You know, I met two ladies from Wales once when I was in the fourth grade. We had like these guest teachers in our classroom. <laughs> and the biggest I, uh... thing I remember about them was the kelp. Do you eat kelp? Not really, no. <laughs> is that like just something the traditional Welsh people eat? <laughs> I, apparently they do in uh, South Wales, but I'm in the north. So. But we're those southerners. We don't, we don't like to talk about that. Yeah. So yeah, we, just eat, we eat grass up here. So in, in Wales, <laughs> the northerners are looking down on the southerners and vice versa the same way they are here, huh? Yeah, but I, I would, from my personal opinion, I think the um, southerners have the edge on the general IQ, you know. Do you really? Better. Well, see, the perceptions are completely inverted on this side of the of the ocean. Yeah, they are. That's so, true. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so what's Alex up, brother? Jones you said. Anyway, yeah, yeah, hey, that's a great example. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Tech questions. Yes. I'm new to Android. Odext, deodext. What's the difference? Uh. Well, my under my my understanding is that when Android is accessing certain files. There is a referencing system of some sort that exists to tell the OS where to get the files. And, um, God, I, that's, you should have told me you were going to ask this question. Oh, this so, was, sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there's a, 
Well, let me put it to you this way. I mean, on a lot of it, Android... Is it a performance, you know, is it going to affect performance of the phone? I believe it will. I think uh, the general consensus among people is that it's best to run a Deodexed Android device. And there actually are a lot of features that sometimes you cannot use on a rooted Android device. There are a lot of hacks that can't be employed on a rooted Android device if it's not Deodexed. For instance, um, when I had my Droid X, I used to run the Liberty ROM, and mm -hmm. there was a an animation that you could get that would cause the CRT monitor effect whenever you would turn the display on and off. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you could not install that if the phone was not deodexed. And Excellent. but whether you're deodexed or not is going to depend simply on what ROM you install. I believe the ROM itself will either be odexed or deodexed. And yeah, um, yeah. Okay, I feel and, like um, an idiot though here. Explain to me the <laughs> what this terminology is. My I, my I, ba <laughs> my best understanding of odexed and deodexed is some sort of. Um, I think an ODEX system uses like data clusters okay. and, and the operating system can pull individual files from that data cluster as if they were separate files. That's yeah, because I'm, I'm a Windows guy. You know, I've grown up with Windows, hmm. never touched Linux, and it's completely foreign to me, all this ODEX, DODEX. Well, I, I'm, know, I guess okay, it's Linux. So it's a Linux deal, not an Android well, well, I would. Is, is I guess Android it is based on Linux. It is. Yeah, yes. I would guess it isn't a Linux deal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Okay. So it's okay. File system then. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think another, another thing about the file system, um, ext4 or ext3. I hear a lot about that. I have no idea what it is. They're just different. They're, they're, they're yeah, just so, different file systems. Yeah. It's just right. the formatting of the. It's like the, the difference between it. NTFS and FAT32. It's just. Okay. Uh, it's yeah, just a it progression and file systems. That's all. But if you want to ask me what they do, what the differences are, I, I no <laughs> idea. Well, well, NTFS. Uh, I was just checking really on good. the. Uh, I, I have a um, Samsung Galaxy Ace, which you know is a. I guess uh, it's a nice phone. Yeah, it's a good phone. It's not you know it's nothing special. I had one of those for a for while. Me. And um, ninety nine different ROMs, and I've been installing you know sometimes ten a week. <laughs> I'm just going crazy. That was uh, that's right. I forgot that was you on our Facebook page that was saying yeah. that you literally were doing like hundred and fifty different ROM flashes a week. <laughs> I've gone crazy. Honestly, sometimes I'll, even at work I'll flash three or four ROMs because I'll flash <laughs> one and I get in the spiral. Shit, the Wi-Fi doesn't work or something doesn't work. You know, so I have to flash another one and it keeps going and I just well before uh, no, you flash. Before you flash each of these ROMs, though, when you're when you're inside the uh, the uh, Clockwork mod, yeah. are you using Clockwork mod? Yes, I am. Okay. Five. So when you're in Clockwork mod, before you actually flash the zip, I guess you're flashing from a zip. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, before you do that, do you do the factory reset and then yeah, clear the do, cache do the and clear the Dalvik cache? Clear the Dalva cache and the um, something else is some the, some other cache. Uh, oh, there's just cache a partition. yeah, the cache partition and the Dalva yeah, cache. Yeah, I, I do all that. Yeah. Okay. But, um, anyway, I think I found the the ultimate one at the moment is uh, Cyanogen Mod Nine, which they're porting for the Galaxy Ace, which is really exciting because um, I'm waiting for Beta Seven, which is out tonight. So are they yeah. are they using the uh, 3.0? Well, now I know that on the Nook tablet here, I can yeah. and I have flashed cyanogen mod 9 which i don't know if you said this or not it's based on ice cream sandwich that's it yeah ice cream sandwich and which is four, awesome. 4.0 do, do you like it oh i thought oh, yeah, it was I amazing, amazing. I, yeah. I i think it's definitely um 
I got to say, when you look at an iOS product, in my eyes and in my hands, it feels like Fisher Price. It really <laughs> does. I just don't. And with with ice cream sandwich, holy shit. Yeah. It's just such an advance. I'm, I'm it's, it's almost like um, it's. I look at my phone now with ice cream sandwich, and it's like, more like a tablet, you know, just so much more fluid. Yeah, it's smooth. Than, uh, it feels well-planned. Yeah. So anyway, um, what else you got? Uh, what's Gorilla Glass? I've heard you talk about it loads. I don't know what it is. I'm just... Uh, Gorilla Glass is a touchscreen. It's glass that's been infused with sensors for uh, to, to use as a capacitive touchscreen for okay. smartphones, so, so do, tablets. Do I have Gorilla, Gorilla Glass? Oh my. Mine's a touchscreen. Uh, I guess that's Gorilla Glass. Uh, yeah, you could usually tell well, Gorilla Glass because it's a little bit thicker. Then uh, usually you'll have, if, for a phone that's not, or a tablet that's not Gorilla Glass, it'll be thinner. I'm trying to think of other ways to, to see. They'll, they always use it as a marketing point, too, on the device. Uh, cool. I'm looking to see if the Samsung Galaxy S has Gorilla Glass. Um, I'm going to say that it probably I'm doesn't. I'm not sure if it does. I'm going to bring another call in here. Uh, hi, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going, gentlemen? Hi, how are you? Who's hey. this? This is Andrew, or got tuned in the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How about you guys? I'm about a seven. <laughs> I'm 8.3. Well, that's better. I'm than... doing. Yeah. So what's going uh, on? What's say, oh, not much. I figured I'd call in because uh, uh, there was Android discussions going down. You're an Android user? What, what devices do you have? Uh, I currently have a uh, 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 Motorola DX2. Um, you know what? Did you ever own the DX1? I did not, no. Well, if you had owned the DX1 and then you watched the DX2 come out, it looked like such a disappointment. I mean, the only difference between the two, it was entirely evol evolutionary uh, as far as it its advance. It wasn't revolutionary, that's for sure. I mean, all they did was they put a dual-core processor dual in it. Yeah, and they I think they removed the camera button on the DX2. Yep, space concerns. Yep. So that's really all they did. I mean, it didn't. Uh, the the camera was the same, I believe. Same megapixels, all that stuff. Are you? Uh, uh, I believe they moved it up to an eight megapixel camera. If you were listening to this show several months ago, you would hear me repeatedly and incessantly, week after week, having a brain hemorrhage on the air because Motorola has locked yes. all of the bootloaders on its phones. And I'm wondering, I, they had promised that they were eventually going to release unlocked bootloaders for their newest devices, which I would have assumed to be the DX2 among them. Did you ever get anything allowing you to unlock the bootloader on that? No, no. Uh, I, I'm actually also part of the Motorola Developers Forums, too, and uh, that never... It, it <laughs> is, uh, what is the... Still being researched oh is my the God. official term. Have they done it for any of their devices? Uh, the only ones that actually got it were the uh, Atrix 4G for AT&T and uh, two or three others that I remember seeing comments about that unlocked, but nothing like in their high-end equipment. And so for those listening who don't know what we're talking about with the unlocked bootloader thing, on these devices they have what's called a, a bootloader, which essentially tells the phone what to do when you turn it on. <laughs> it tells it, go go load Android, go run the operating and system and do this and that. And Motorola took it to another level. 
when they did theirs is uh, they didn't just lock it down. They also, uh, which includes the encryption, but they also force boot a specific version of the kernel. And you can modify the kernel, but then it won't boot at all. Right. So all these... So all yeah. the all these ROMs that are out there, like Liberty and others, for devices like the Droid X, they actually are based on the signed kernel. It's got to be signed because, again, we're dealing with encryption here. Um, it's signed by Motorola, and they build these modified ROMs off of that. But you're still running off of Motorola's kernel, which sucks Correct. because you're never going to have a truly customized device. With that being the case. I, I am actually running CM7. What do you think? Love CM7. It's the best thing ever. I mean, it made my phone get functional. Get on CM9. Get on CM9. I, uh, Dragon Killer hasn't finished. Uh, he's the guy who actually is porting over everything. Uh, he's a guy on the uh, uh, XDA, uh, XDA. Uh, uh, forums. And uh, he's the guy who's actually writing it because he... Again, he has to write it to where it's using the signed kernel that already exists. So you can't swap exactly. out the kernel. Yeah. But uh, I'm already running CM9. Uh, it's in alpha form on my uh, uh, ThinkPad tablet. So so you're running yeah. CM9 based on what kernel, though? I mean, this ice, ice cream sandwich hasn't been released for the X2, has it? No, no, no. This is on my ThinkPad tablet. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I've got a tablet bad, as well. Bad host. Um, this is kind of nice. Well, really quick, Luke, you do have Gorilla Glass on. You, you had a Samsung I? Galaxy S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does have Gorilla oh, cool. Glass on it. Yeah, I got sidetracked and I stopped looking for him. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, the, the thing that's great is I, I'm I'm on the sidelines when it comes to to Android, so I love sitting and listening to this because I'm, I'm learning and I love that. Yeah, I was wondering if you feel threatened by this conversation, Curtis, because you're no, such an well, iOS fanboy. Well, no, it, I, I kept thinking that you know this is the problem with Android is that you have to have you have to buy into so much stuff. But then it reminded me that I used to be a Hackintosh guy, and I had to do the same type of stuff to run Apple OS on a, a, a Intel computer. So Actually, it's not really that much different to run the to run uh, Mac OS on a PC. Don't you have to run, like, some kind of a BIOS emulator? Well, th there was a, a... I'm trying to think of the name of it now. Uh, right when uh, OS X came out, th they created, basically, on a Linux kernel, a version of it to run, because it has Unix on the back end, back end anyway, or Linux. Uh, but they released this version that was open, and people grabbed and latched onto that, and you could run it on a wide range of computers. So all of them that you're running now... Unless you have a, a specific Intel chipset, uh, are using that that open source version of it. I want to say it was called Open Mac, but I could be wrong. Uh, anyway, uh, people were able to use that to, to get onto it. So it is it's it's a custom bootloader, but it's not like a custom ROM. You know, I tried for I must have spent weeks trying to get iOS on my PC, and I could never figure it out. So yeah, well, yeah. It, it's a pain. Well, that's why I say I I remembered all of a sudden that. My old Hackintosh days are very similar to what you guys are, are talking about on the Android side of it. Hey, uh, but I think that the, the, the fractioning off all these different directions, it, it makes it complicated. You know, like I, even though I have an Android tablet, I haven't done – I mean it's – I haven't tried to do anything with it because I'm <clears> – <throat> I'm like, hey, where do I start? What, what's the – what do I want to get out of this? You know, I, 
So I'm pretty much waiting for like Ice Cream Sandwich to be released on the, the tablet that I have. Hey, Gotun, do you understand Odext and Deodext? And can you explain that for Luke a little better than me? I don't even know really how good a job I did of that. Um, I know a little bit about it. I haven't dealt with it a whole lot, but there are some, um, um, the CM7 that I'm running is actually, uh, uh, deodexed and supposedly it's better, but they're really, uh, everything that I've read, there's, everybody's got their pros and everybody's got their cons and nobody really cares which one it is as long as the dang thing works. Uh, I'm looking on androidforums.com here, and someone says, basically an ODEX file is an optimized library file of some sort that's used with the APK, or the program, files on the computer, on the, on the phone. I believe when they de-ODEX a phone, they are putting these files inside of the APK themselves so they can be easily modified. Mainly this allows you to modify individual programs in order to uh, theme them. For That's another thing. I've noticed on a lot of Android ROMs that if you want to install themes, the ROM has to be a deodexed ROM. So that's another thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to post a, a link on the chat room and also here in the, the conversation we're having that, that awesome. looks like a guide to it also. Yeah, I have one one more tech-related question, then I'm going to uh, listen off the air. Right. Um, this is Windows. I have a Now terab- I'm comfortable again. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, a terabyte hard drive. And my computer, I've got two games maybe and music stuff. And I've recently cleaned out loads of music. And I still have 570 gigabytes used. And I'm thinking, where the hell has this gone? You know, I can't understand what's taking up all that space. I don't okay. know. The, the first thing I'm going to have you do is uh, go to a run box or to a command prompt. Yeah. Type in, uh, it's Windows 7, you said, right? Yes, it is. Okay. 64. Okay, cool. 64? Uh, yeah. So, so at the command prompt or run box, type in C-L-E-A-N-M-G-R space forward slash S-A-G-E-R-U-N colon 50. And I'll I'll paste that in here also for you. If you can that, see that. Okay, what's that going to do? It's not going to melt my. <laughs> no, no. What it's going to do is. Oh God, it, I hope it, it does. <laughs> what it's going to do is it's going to go through your your temporary internet files, application files, all the cache locations that Ooh, that have files something. that aren't important, and it's going to clear them out. Awesome. That's the first Let's thing. Clean up. Another thing to note, the special thing that it's actually going to clear out that's probably going to clear up the most amount of your space is actually your recycle bin files. Because you may delete something, but it's still stuck in the recycle bin. And it may not show, depending on whether it's your primary hard drive or secondary hard drive, it may not show in the the recycle bin on the desktop. Yes. Another thing that you can do, to, to basically run some of the same tools, if you open up Windows Explorer... And then right-click on your drive letter, and you go yeah. to the cleanup tools. It's basically the same thing as that, except this is going to run from one one command. Uh, awesome. Uh, so okay, start, start with that. Yeah. Thanks for that, Gus. Um, one more thing. What is the square root of George Norrie? And I'll take my answer off the air. Well, I'll tell you now. The answer is pineapple. Uh, I wish I could tell you, but I flushed the toilet earlier, and I didn't look. <laughs> Boy, he had a really noisy... Uh, Skype connection. As soon as he dropped off of there, uh, 
The, oh really? Because you the, did a good job of covering that thing. Because I didn't notice any difference. Well, there was a there was a lot of noise. You'll hear it when you go back and listen to this episode on the podcast. But I didn't know who it was, and I thought, well, I could just hang up on everybody and do the show <laughs> alone. But that's not going to be exactly as much fun. So, anyway, uh, go tune. So, you got anything else you want to talk about there, brother? Or um, not not specifically. I mean, unless uh, Curtis said he had some Android things he wanted to ask. Oh. We'll yeah, well, actually, since I've got, I should have kept Luke on this since he had a an Android phone. But uh, one of the articles that I uh, had looked at today that I thought was interesting is uh, somebody has created a Metro interface, you know, Windows Seven or Windows Mobile look for ice cream sandwich. And I don't know if you guys have seen that because it, it, I, I've played with creating apps <laughs> on Android that I basically went for the same idea as a Metro style interface. So I didn't know if you guys had seen anything with that uh, or had any interest in it. Um, You can see this if you just go to talk. If you go to Google and type in the search box, type talkandroid.com space and type um, Android space Metro. (laughs) I think that'll get you there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll put a link in the chat room too, but it won't help really. Well, yeah, but well, they don't have I forgot to plug the chat room by the way. If you go to radiotrainrec.com, it's radiotrainrec.com and click on chat in the menu, you'll be able to interact with us in real time as we do the show here. You can also call the show. The number is 573-837-4948. That's 573-837-4948 if you want to call the show. Or if you want to Skype us, the Skype username is mvdrt. In other words, Michael Van Dieven's Radio Trainwreck is what that stands for, if that'll help you remember it, M-V-D-R-T. So anyway, go ahead, you guys. Okay, so... Uh, uh, I have actually seen it. Uh, I've seen several of them where they've, they've actually created them where they look a lot like Windows phones that way, but they run better, of course. When you say run better, what do you mean? Because it's... Uh... Well, it's a Windows phone. Yeah, <laughs> that's his. <laughs> that's his technical response. Well, yeah. it's a Windows phone. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. Ouch! Let me uh, clear that off my face. Uh, so, uh, well, well, the thing is that with Android is that uh, part of why I thought this was interesting is that the uh, <laughs> everything feels like so so poorly put together as far as like the user interface. It's like they slap a bunch of stuff together and never finish it. Uh, that I wondered if any of these uh, custom in- interfaces and themes are are they a value of any sort on Android, or do they? I, I expected you to say it slows it down; it would run buggier. Well, um, in most circumstances, you do end up running a lot of bl- bugs, but for the, uh, the it really depends on what they built it on. See, like the Windows Phone interface, that's more of a launcher type of uh, more of a theme type of scenario or a launcher type of scenario, as long as they built it on a good ROM to begin with, where it actually has good stability and like all of the different components and devices work, uh, then you really don't have much of a problem. The only thing you ever have is maybe some launch launcher uh, shutdowns and stuff like that that may okay, happen. Real quick, let's talk about the difference then. Is, is there a I'm Correct me if I'm wrong. Are there skins and launchers are two separate things, or is it is there skins to launchers? Um, launcher, another name for it is your home. Mm-hmm. Um, there are you can theme your launchers and your home. 
depending on which launcher you choose. And that's one of the things it's, it's, um, you have to think of this. It is actually like Linux where you can actually choose different types of interfaces where you can have a, uh, a, a gnome interface on Linux. Uh, you can have, a, a a Lubuntu type of interface, which is what LXD something. Yeah. Uh, well, like X interfaces and exactly, and that's what you have to think of the launchers is really that's what they are. So yeah, then you can a, uh, for launchers. What, what what do you recommend on both of you on phone or tablet? What's the what are the best launchers? Uh, well, on the phone, I would say Launcher Pro. Okay. It's by, uh, written by a guy named, I think his name is Frederico Carnalis. That's the developer's name. And okay, he, he sounds legit to me. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. You'll never mess with the Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Frederico <Yes>. Carnalis. <laughs> this is the launcher you would choose. <laughs> CM7 actually comes with uh, ADW launcher but built in by default. And the new CM9, the Saogen mod guys actually have building their own interface. So. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like the, uh, what is it, ADW? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. It feels sluggish and, and it doesn't feel very fluid to me. Uh, when you when you swipe from screen to screen, um, yeah. it just doesn't have that, it just doesn't have that fluidity that people have come to expect in a powerful mobile device. Uh, but when I install Launcher Pro, it really does meet my expectations. I'm actually running that on my tablet as well, but I've, okay, I've ran on, both of those on, on, on my tablet and I, I would agree about ADW didn't seem really as prime time launcher pro. I'm trying to think if it looked as good. Is, is there a tablet version and uh no, no. Okay. No, I mean my tablet looks exactly as my phone did, which I'm totally okay. happy with. Okay. Do, do you guys run, uh, I, I want to make sure I get the terminology, right? Are they widgets? On Android? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you guys run a lot of those on your screens? And if so, do you find that they slow down the user experience? Yes, I do. And I don't think they slow anything down. Okay. I I actually do. I don't run any widgets on my phone at all. Um, but I've also narrowed myself to only having two home screens because I don't like having five. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it, you know, that I is a little bit unnecessary have. to have five. Yeah, if if I get a notification, I can go right to the email. I don't need a widget to show me the same email I just got a notification for, but that's that's personal preference. You know, um, you know the most useless widget in the world is the widget for the official Twitter app. Have you ever used that or oh, tried yeah. that? It is no. the most useless piece of crap I've ever seen. Uh, I mean... It'll show you like one tweet, one recent tweet <laughs> that someone has posted, and I'm thinking, come on, with all the and people it's not I'm following, even the most recent. Yeah, yeah it's I don't. Always it, just a random. Yeah, thing. actually, yeah, it's just like, well, maybe they'll see something they like. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know that that's the big push for Windows Mobile, though, is that whole idea of with tiles. I mean, I, I look at those basically as widgets that are on your home screen that show you up to date information and. Scroll through your photos on your contacts, so you'll randomly call some person you haven't talked to for a while. Uh, so you guys don't find that to be uh, useful at all, because as a <clears throat> as an Apple person, you know, I don't have widgets. I've got just my icons on the desk or on my home screen. Now yeah. on my tablet, that's a whole other ball game. Almost everything I do on my tablet's widget based. Okay, so and go ahead. that's just because it's. 
I like having all my email because when I open my tablet up, I don't get notifications on there generally, but when I open it up, I'm, I want to see everything that's going on. Okay. And so you, do you notice any kind of slowdown using widgets or not? I always, I, I do on my phone, but then again, I do have a, a, a year and a half old or a year old DX2, um, and it isn't necessarily the fastest because it's only got 512 RAM in it. That's another so. thing. They didn't increase the amount of RAM in that device. The one it's had 512 also. And, so it, now, and it, it was a they, minor they, iteration they, than not a... Yeah, it, it, it was a very minor change in the phone. But I also upgraded from an original Droid with the slider. Oh, well, then you really... This. It was like going from a 74 Gremlin to a... Lamborghini. Yeah, it was, I mean, but the original Droid, I was a pre-order of that one. I pre-ordered this one as well because I needed a faster phone. And I wasn't in, I'm not in a 4G market, so there's no point in me spending the extra money and going with something that was out at the time. So, so. if you pre-ordered the original Droid, that means you, what? what's going on with my mic? Hello, hello. Am I okay? <laughs> Can you guys yes. hear me now? Are you there? Are you there? Huh? Anyway, you pre-ordered the original Droid. Can you, your mic? Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. Can when you were when you pre-ordered the original Droid, um, I guess that was that means you ordered it, of course, before anybody had had their hands on it. So you hadn't really seen any actual like out in the wild reviews of the device. So you must have just been pretty confident in Android at that point. Um, I was, I'm, I'm big confident in, uh, in Android originally cause I didn't have an Android prior to that, but I knew people that did and they swore by them. Uh, what I, my real confidence was in Motorola because I've always been a Motorola user to a point. Really? And, uh, uh the, they made some great hardware back in when I was dealing with, uh, cell phones most of the time, which was yeah, almost but you're 10 years about bag ago. phones, aren't you? No, I'm not that old, man. I used to, I used to sell those uh, back yes, when, a, I, when a portable phone was a, a big bag with a battery and the antenna on it. Uh, I used to sell I, those. I, have in, I used to install three-watt bag phone kits into people's cars. Yeah. yeah. yeah so that, that was all Motorola. I mean, when I look back at the, the old old phone technology, that's what I had was all Motorola. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, my mom and dad got one of these big ass bag phones and it was like $30 per minute to talk on it yes. and my dad's like Michael if I ever catch you talking on this phone I'm gonna smack your goddamn face you got me yeah as you can see I grew up into a wonderful human being after it, well now you're scared to use your phone aren't you that's why you always use Skype because I just remember those phones were so expensive and I can remember yeah. I can remember looking at people driving around talking on one of those and I just knew they were not really talking on the phone because in those days it was considered a luxurious thing to have a cell phone in your car. And uh, it was so uh, just cost prohibitive to even use the thing. There's no way all these people were really talking on it. I, I just oh. I, to this day believe. And there were actually studies done that did find that on average when you see people talking on a cell phone, a certain percentage of those people are not really talking to anybody. Well, you know, that, that's funny because I learned years ago several years ago, let's say three, four years ago, when I when everybody had an iPod at that point, uh, that I would put my headphones in, like during the, the business day at work, just put my headphones in with no music playing, and that reduced the amount of distractions that I had in a day, you know, by, you know, quantifiable amount. 
even though I'm not listening to music and I might not even have them plugged in anything, just the cord sitting in my pocket. But people leave you alone. Well, I think so this it's the is, opposite. I think this has been a fascinating conversation, and I'm glad to have been a part of it. This is the spec sheet with Curtis Thornton. Uh, if you want to call the show, the phone number is 573-837-4948, 573-837-4948. And a big thank you to GoTune for calling, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Just stick around. very special edition of the spec sheet with curtis thornton on this broadcast each listener will receive a complimentary pre-owned 10 gigabyte ibm ide hard drive no need to call about the drive we have your information to speak with curtis call now at 573-837-4948 that's 573-837-4948 and now here's the spec sheet hey 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 i thought we lost you there for a second Oh, no. I'm alive and well. I thought maybe they, they crossed the wires or something. Uh, I thought would, they plugged the air conditioning into a 110, but it was 220 and everything was gone except for the music. I was chatting with Luke during the break there. Uh, Luke Bolger, who was just on the phone with us from Wales. And uh, so, sorry if I didn't respond to your last comment there. I just can't speak and type at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a skill very few people have uh, mastered. Well, and since there's a driving to it, it's even worse. Well, since there's a delay between what we say and when uh, listeners actually hear us say it of about five years, he might just yeah. think I'm ignoring him. Because <laughs> he asked me to, uh, he submitted some music to be used on the show as bumper music, and he asked me if I play it to link to his uh, website or something. And that was the last post he sent right before I started talking on air. And I didn't respond to anything he said after that. So he's probably like, well, I guess he doesn't want to do it then. Fine. Fine. Yeah, well, forget that then. I'll never call into that show. So anyway, I noticed a story that you put on the list here about a Lenovo ice cream sandwich 42-inch K71 smart TV, which yes. is going to be on sale by month's end in China. This looks really interesting, and I'm wondering, awesome. uh, did you read the story? And if so, did it say whether this is going eventually to be available in the States here? I don't remember seeing anywhere that it said it was going to be available because they already had the K91 that has been out, I guess, for a little while. Yeah, I've not seen anything at all about this in America, so I'm going to guess this isn't coming over anytime soon. But uh, how could that how could that be possible? I mean, it's well, the United States. How are we not getting this? <laughs> I know it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, well, they figured with manufacturing costs and, and uh, the the high uh, adoptability rate of uh, Android in China that they'll go ahead and just keep it there and exclude us from it. Uh, I don't know. I I thought it was wild because you know obviously everything uh, about TVs and smart TVs. Everyone brings up Apple. So when I saw this article and realized that, hey, there's something that's already out there running Android uh, and it doesn't require an extra set-top box, why isn't this a big deal? Yeah. Uh, and it's being released, yeah, this month. So you would think that uh, that Google would push this more. And Lenovo, I mean, they're all in when it comes to Android. So uh, why not? Google could so easily just make an entire TV, an entire yeah. contained experience in one unit. And I just... I think they've become a little gun shy as far as Google TV goes, and if, right. if it had been a bigger success, we would have that right now. 
yeah. I believe. If uh, I mean, it got to the point where Logitech, who made the uh, yeah, Logitech from. review, basically backed out of the whole deal and said it was it was a bad business decision uh, doing this whole Google TV thing. We lost. I think they lost like 150 or 200 million dollars. It was some yeah, well, ridiculous we'll amount of money. I think our last show we talked about how Logitech they either knock it out of the park or they fail miserably. And yeah. The, yeah. the way they introduced Google TV was another one of those fail miserably. <clears throat> I put a, I put some on them too because I I like the idea of uh, integrating an operating system, especially if it connects to the same operating system that you're using for mobile devices. Because right. that's what worries me about Apple. If they create the Apple TV OS, which they've, they've already kind of got with the Apple TV device now, plus you have the desktop operating system, plus the mobile, I think that fails because uh, they all need to integrate into each other better. It, it just makes so much sense to create a mobile operating system TV <laughs> interface. Uh, so anyway, I hope to see that this uh, Lenovo TV uh, does catch on and come over to America because... Uh, from what I've seen and what the, the price is going to be for a, an Apple-branded uh, TV is going to be uh, more than double the cost of a, a standard 3D television is what everyone's predicting right now. And I don't think I'm going to pay that much for it, even if it has some Siri-like interface. That's so that where might, I think it's going to – that's where I think consumers are going to part ways yeah, uh, with Apple I, because at the end of the day, it is still a TV. And that's, right. how, that's how it's going to be viewed by consumers. It's not going to be viewed as some magical Apple device, some new yeah. magical contribution to our existence on this plane. Yeah, well, I mean, because I, I fit into the, uh, the Apple user base. The, I'll, I'll buy a lot of their devices, but it's got to really be practical and useful for me. I'm not just going to buy it to have it sit there and say, hey, look what I've got. And that's what the Apple TV is going to be, especially if I can get similar functionality Although I'll probably have to put a custom ROM and bootloader and all that on it to get it to do everything I want. But I'll probably go with the Android version uh, or, or the Google version. Uh, as much as it pains me to say, I'll have to drop my, my uh, Apple stuff. But unless they integrate it so well that all the apps that I've already purchased and everything go with the TV in some way to enhance that what I've already paid for on the Apple world, then I'm not going to go for it. I'm not going to pay double for the TV. Uh, and from what it looked like price-wise... The Lenovo was, uh, I think, it worked out in U.S. dollars, uh, just over a thousand dollars. Right, thousand thirty. Uh, yeah. This, so I mean, that's not bad. I mean, if I want to buy a forty-two inch TV, I'm I'm willing to spend that this, on it if it's a good TV. And this forty-two inch TV has an undisclosed one point five gigahertz dual core CPU, Wi-Fi, and three D capabilities, plus a gaming remote control. Um, and it costs about a thousand thirty, as you just said. And mum is the word as to whether it's going to reach U.S. shores. That's yeah. just BS. Why can't? Why I mean? Why? Why would that even be a question? There must yeah. be some sort of someone's scared to do that here for some reason. I'm, I, and I don't I know think, why. Well, I think the marketing that's going to be like the amount of money you're going to have to spend to get people interested in it is, is probably what scares them. Uh, because look at HDTV. I mean, it was the standard in uh, Europe years before it ever got here. And 3D TV didn't really take off. We're really slow when it comes to TVs to adopt new technology. Here's a uh, 
Here's a story that you submitted uh, that looks really interesting to me. This is from CNET. Before move to AMD, Intel engineers stole documents. A former Intel engineer has pleaded guilty to stealing hundreds of millions of dollars worth of data from the chip giant before leaving the company, according to a Bloomberg report. The worker, so-and-so, such-and-such, of Clemson, <laughs> Massachusetts, like stole the sensitive chip-related information to advance his career with a competitor, according to... Who really thinks you're not going to go to jail for doing that? Right, I know. It's amazing. I mean, you work in corporate America and they push the fact that you got to, even if you have that kind of information, don't share it. And if the company doesn't want you to share it, which when you get into the story and deeper, I mean, that for as, uh, for, for as bold as the headline sounds, uh, AMD had no interest in using the technology that he was carrying over or the information he was using because that would get them in such big trouble. And they've already gotten in trouble for it in the past. They've already been blamed for uh, stealing Intel stuff in the past and fought lawsuits over it. So this is a clear case that they're not going to touch that. The downloaded Intel data related to chip manufacturing and design, the Justice Department says, was valued between 200 and $400 million. Um, and the FBI was able to recover the documents before any damage was done to Intel, they say. Supposedly. Yeah, well, uh, part of this, I, I think a reoccurring theme for me lately has been network admins who don't necessarily make the great choice or don't care about the company. In the article, it says that the, the employee gave notice to Intel, and maybe this isn't an IT issue, more of an HR issue, but uh, he, he gave his notice to, to Intel. His last day was supposed to have been June 11th, 2008, uh, but he started working on June 2nd, 2008 for AMD. <laughs> so that whole time period, he had access to both systems. Oh, wow. So, so he just went home and downloaded everything he could from Intel while he was working at AMD. And, of course, AMD didn't use any of the stuff they claim. Uh, but the, he could have. If he was a chip engineer, he could have started working, working on the next generation AMD chipset, integrating things that Intel's using. Uh, and it would have been years before that came out, and it would have been a lawsuit and finally probably worked its way down to this guy getting caught. But how obvious is that? Ho hopefully IT noticed that we have one employee who's doing a massive amount of downloads and they were able to put two and two together. But shouldn't he have had limited access from the moment he said he was leaving? Uh, this guy's name is Biswamohan Pani. Yes. And uh, let me see if I can see some pictures of him. Oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poor guy. He looks like an Indian Bill Gates. Oh, really? Yeah. I look this up He now. looks like an Indian Bill Gates, actually. Uh, there are two stories here. Uh, there are two pictures on the uh, Google Image result, results page. Uh, mm -hmm. Three pictures, actually, all of the same. Here we guy, go. So You're I right, guess. actually. He looks like an Indian he Bill does. Gates. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Well, well, you know, Bill Gates, I mean, he, he got famous doing the same thing, right, to uh, all of his competitors. Just download all their information and make something uh, bigger and faster than what they did. Not necessarily better. Oh, good. I'm tired. Apple's iPad is the only tablet people know. This yeah, really, th this article, we don't have to go into all the detail of it. Uh, but I love anytime I hear this kind of stuff. <laughs> Basically, the idea is that uh, in, uh, in surveys, uh, people associate iPad and tablet together. So rather than say tablet, they say iPad. When, you, when, when my wife refers to my Nook tablet, what do you think she calls it? She calls it an iPad. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to make Apple really upset. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it's good and bad. That's kind of what this article gets to is that uh, the, the fact that uh, w- once your name becomes uh, basically – once your noun becomes a verb – then there's a problem, and Google has that issue because you, you aren't able to enforce copyright and trademark as as much. And once a federal court agrees that your name has entered the lexicon, I guess, uh, you're, uh, you, you have less right to uh, control it. So if I create some generic version of your device, I can call it a quote-unquote iPad if that's what people are used to calling any tablet. So, yeah, Apple's done a great job of making their name, uh, the iPad name, what everybody knows and is used to, but just like Google with search engines, how often do people say, let me Google that, uh, or I'm going to go Google this, or you don't know the answer, go Google it. Uh, so it becomes an action rather than just the, the product or name you're using. Uh, and Google fights against this all the time. They're regularly, and this article points out too, uh, that uh, they, they send out information to lawyers regularly saying, push the fact that people are using Google, they're not Googling because they don't want to lose any rights to their business name. So uh, Xerox is another great example of it. They've been fighting for years and also doing the same thing with lawyers, pushing uh, that people don't just say Xerox. Let me go Xerox that for you. You go copy it on a Xerox. Uh, how, how wild will it be if at some point iPad does become the generic term used for it? And uh, for all the success Apple has seen in its domination, it loses its copyright. Or trademark, sorry, not copyright. That really could happen, couldn't it? Yeah, I think it could. Hmm. I think it's up in the air because, again, if if Google would just take over the Motorola tablet experience and create just an awesome end-to-end device that was seamless and didn't require any extra junk and was open to where if you wanted to to hack hack around on it, that's great. But uh, if they would do that, that that would that would put them in contention with uh, with Apple. That day, but they haven't done it yet. So, a new Philips monitor uses sensor to promote better posture. What's up with this? Yeah, th- this is a a wild use of uh, uh, sensoring. Uh, I think of the Connect with this, and I think we've talked before all the different wild things that could happen from Connect. Well, this is a a monitor that that has sensors to be able to tell as you're looking at it your posture. So if you're slouching. Uh, or you've spent too much time in front of the the screen to where your your eyes are starting to have issues, uh, or sh- or they think they would be. Uh, this will alert you to it and come up with on screen prompts saying sit up straight or oh, take God. a coffee break. Really? Yes. So <laughs> basically, great? their 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 corporate boardroom got together and said, "We've got to come up with the most annoying product of 2012 that nobody yes. would want." What <clears> is yeah, it? I thought that was. In, in that, when you do sit down, you think, okay, now we have this option to use all these sensors to to control what a user is doing. We're not going to track your irises and use that as the mouse or head movements. No, we're going to see whether you're being ergonomic or not. <laughs> yeah. And the, we're going to charge double probably. Hey, I just got done working 12 hours. Is it okay if I slouch, please? Yes. Can I? Yeah. On the, in front of the monitor that I, that I paid for? You're using yeah. my electricity to tell me not to slouch. Stop it. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? <laughs> That's I, I thought that was wild. It, it, it goes back to the Big Brother thing, too, that uh, someday uh, <clears throat> so, someday your computer is going to see everything you're doing. You're going to sit down in your chair, and it's going to tell you how much you weigh that day. Well, let's hope no. that day never comes. It's a depressing day for me. Yeah. Uh, but really quick, here, here's my big complaint. Uh, I was looking through uh, information on 
AT&T and uh, I, I bumped into because I use AT&T as my carrier and I, I barely have edge network where I'm at. So I'm, I've actually been looking at buying a hotspot. I'm probably going to do it through Verizon now, unfortunately, because I can't get anybody else in my area to get a minimum of 3G access. But uh, today, uh, AT&T announced that uh, the next step in their market expansion that they're doing of the LTE network happened. And, of course, it's in the town I used to live in, in Muncie, Indiana, is on their list of places that just got upgraded to AT, AT&T LTE uh, 4G access, which some people are saying is a little bit better than Verizon's, but I, I'm st- I haven't used it yet, so I, I would like to see – I'd like to compare it to the Verizon 4G, which I think is pretty fast. Um, have you used either of the two 4G mm, no. networks? I've okay. never been on a 4G network ever. Yeah, I, I've only played on a, uh, on devices at a store on a at a cell store for for 4G. And, and they probably really, just had you on Wi-Fi and you didn't. They, know you it. know, they could have. Who knows? They probably had you connecting to some sort of a uh, repeater that makes it yeah. appear as though you're on the data network, and that repeater is in fact interfaced with a local router. <laughs> right. No, I agree. <laughs> Look how fast right. 4G is. That would be well, a well, great sales tactic. I, I kept hitting the home screen and nothing changed. So maybe it was a mock-up version too. I'm not sure. That would be an awesome way to defraud your customers if you're running a cell store. (laughs) See how fast the network is around here? Oh, it's awesome. Just go ahead. Take it home. Just take it home and try. Well, you know, I I went last night and uh, I put the uh, – I I debated over the Samsung hotspot through Verizon and uh, the Novatel. And I put the Novatel in my cart. I I think I'm going to go ahead and do it. It's a 4G hotspot. that they, they had me almost talked into going ahead and buying a new iPhone or a new iPad because you can use those now as hotspots too. I'm like, eh, if I return it, it's going to be easier to return a hotspot if the service isn't that great. So, uh, Speaking of AT&T, they are finally allowing unlocked iPhones for out-of-contract yes. users. How gracious of them. I know. Yeah, you only have to have the service for two years or pay a, a early termination fee uh, <laughs> if you're not out of your contract yet. but. What are you going to do, really, with an unlocked iPhone? I guess you can use it on T-Mobile. You can, yeah, well, right. Uh, well, the thing is now that AT&T has finally realized that they, they aren't holding all the cards with Apple, so they're just letting it go. That This is just the first step towards it. Uh, I, the, the funny thing to me is I've always looked at AT&T as being one step better than Verizon as far as locking their customers into something. Uh, not that it's, it's maybe half a step better, but... Uh, it's just amazing to me how how they still have this minor thing that they think that they're the owners of the, of the iPhone world and they're not. There's much better networks out there to to use your iPhone on. Yeah, they never quite they never quite changed their philosophy. I guess when the iPhone became available on other networks, did they? Right. Yeah. Well, they they gave up on it and moved their own own direction, which really surprisingly the the other article I want to talk about in the moment. Uh, they're putting everything behind Windows Mobile, uh, and that surprises me. Uh, you would think that they'd be, uh, even though they have Android phones, they don't push it nearly as much. I think Verizon really has worked harder to push Android than AT&T has, T-Mobile too. But uh, the, the thing is, if you're on uh, Verizon's network right now or Sprint's, they'll pretty much let you at any point switch switch to a, a, a unlocked phone so you can use your phone uh, overseas on a, a lower-cost network. Uh, it's basically a service you get. If, if you sign up with an AT or a Verizon iPhone and your account's in good standing, 
uh, and you've had it for at least a month, they'll unlock it for you to use anywhere you want to. They're not nearly as stressed out about it. Uh, why does AT&T care? Uh, yeah, have, why do they? What's the what's the problem? Yeah, well, we, because they 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 have so few cards in their their place or, or or in their hand now that they're desperate. I think this is the first step towards finally saying, "Ah, oh, it's Apple. Who cares? They they don't like us. We don't like them. So we'll let you out of your uh, we'll we'll let you unlock <laughs> your phone, but it's under these restrictions." I'm so looking forward to dropping Verizon this summer. I just <laughs> yeah. mentioned it on every show. I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. And I'm going yeah. to switch to a prepaid co- carrier, and I'm going to be totally happy. It's not going to bother me a bit. See, ya. yes, I, I wanted to, but there's not any of the prepaid carriers for the hotspot because I, I don't really care. I, I could go month to month on it, uh, but the, the the only network here that's 3G is is Verizon's Sprint's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't do Sprint. Uh, it's frustrating. <laughs> well, you could. Uh, I think if you go look at the Straight Talk phones, they run on Verizon's network, and if that's available where you are, it wasn't. Uh, you'd be able to have a really nice Android phone for next to nothing every month. Yeah, well, the the other problem there, I think, with Straight Talk was that uh, the hotspots had to be on four G, if I remember right, and they their hotspot didn't drop down to three G, and also doesn't do roaming. So, hmm. uh, which that that was frustrating. They have all these different. Uh, uh, problems, all these little nuances. Uh, Max Gravy says he has 4G on his wife's uh, Verizon iPad in the chat room, and it's really fast. Uh, well, I should hope. As big a deal as everybody's made out of it, yeah, it ought to be fast. But I've just never used it. I, um, I'd like to try it and see how it is. But Yeah, well, living where I do, it's probably going to be 21, 22 before I get to see a uh, 4G connection. Uh, Luke Bulger asks me in Skype chat, what is the best Android browser? And honestly, the only browser I have tried on Android, uh, other than the default browser, is Dolphin Browser HD. Which I, I would agree. Which I don't like. <laughs> you don't like? <laughs> no, it, it feels clunky and heavy to me. And, it does, but uh, I like it better than the default browser. And Firefox is so slow on it. I've Why isn't even... there a Chrome there is. It's in beta. Well, I guess yeah. And yeah, I guess I can't. I haven't installed it. And it'll only run an ice cream sandwich. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, leave me out for now, then. Yeah, it's going to be a while before that trickles down. Um, but I would far prefer to use Chrome on this device uh, over the default browser or mm-hmm. anything else. Um, and he asks for me to recommend some apps. Um, I'm sitting here looking at my device. If you have an AdSense account, there's something called AdSense Dashboard which takes all of your AdSense data and sort of consolidates it into a really nice, easily viewed format on a mobile device. Um, and that's a free app, I believe. Along the same lines, is there a, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Google Analytics? Is there any? Yeah, I have. Uh, the iPhone, there's not really anything great. But. Yeah, there's something called Droid Analytics that I use. It's not free. I think I paid three ninety nine for it or something like that. But uh, it gives you a really nice breakdown of your website's traffic in either uh, like spreadsheet format or you can get it in graphical format and you can break it down in any number of ways. Hmm. Um, and again, that's called Droid Analytics. I love Dropbox on Android. Uh, that's really yeah, great. Yeah, Dropbox is great. And by the way, for those listening, I'm going to post a link in the main menu at radiotrainwreck.com. Uh, I'll probably do that today or tomorrow. And that link is simply going to say Dropbox. And if you'll click that link, sign up for a Dropbox account, 
and install Dropbox either on your mobile device or your PC or Mac or whatever, you will, in addition to the already free 2 gigabytes of space that they give you, you'll get another 500 megabytes of free storage space uh, by signing up to that link. And so will I. That's why I'm doing it. <laughs> well, you know, probably the, the most used uh, app that I, I have on, on the mobile tablets that I or the Android tablets I have, which is a total of four <laughs> that I manage, is Dropbox. I have, uh, I use, uh, i trying to think what file manager, I think it's file manager HD, and I have it set to use a Dropbox folder for, uh, you know, my shared folder for everything. So on my desktop computer, I can put all the videos, pictures, links I need to send out for the sales team that's using the, the tablets, and I can push it all out from one location and keep it synchronized. It's really nice. Uh, another app I would highly recommend if you're an Android user and you're not afraid to tinker around and really get your teeth sunk into something, there's an app called Tasker. And what it does is allow you to take a series of variables and uh, like and make them interact with one another in any number of seemingly random ways. In other words, you can set it so that if the Wi-Fi gets turned on, X, Y, and Z events occur after that. Or <laughs> if I connect my Android device to a specific... Like, you can make it do really weird things. For instance, I could have it set so that if I connect to the Wi-Fi network in my office, it automatically places a phone call to a certain phone number. That's really cool. I've seen that app. I never really knew that. That's just, I mean, that's just off the top of my head. One of the literally hundreds of thousands of things that you could make this application do. So uh, are you running that uh, app on your wife's phone that every time she walks into to your house, it starts running the keylogger? And... <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't I, have said that, should I? I got to make sure my household stays pure. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, I wish they had that for the... Uh, well, I, I guess I'll have to look and see if they have something like that for the, the iPhone. One, one thing that annoyed me from I don't the, think they do. Yeah, so because, I've never heard of anything like that. Because I think an app of this nature requires a lot of access to the operating system. And I'd be surprised on iOS if Apple's willing to give any app developer that kind of access to the operating yeah. system. Well, I, I was just thinking with the iPhone 4 to the iPhone 4S, that they dropped the ability to uh, to turn off 3G access and that's one of my biggest frustrations is that my phone not having 3G coverage, the battery life sucks because it's always looking for 3G signal. What? So on my, my iPhone 4, I turned off 3G unless I knew I was going to be in coverage for it and save my battery life. You know, I'd last two days compared to the one day of heavy use uh, doing that. And uh, it's, it annoys me. So I, I would have scripted all kinds of things for it. Here's a really uh, neat app. It's called Wi-Fi File Explorer Pro. Uh, when you run this app on your Android device, it will tell you what your Android device's network address is on the local network, assuming you're connected to your network's Wi-Fi. And what you can do is go to any machine on your network, type that address into the address bar, and that will give you a graphical user interface that allows you to send and receive files between your PC and the Android device that you're connected to. Um, it allows you to do several other things as well, but that's the biggie. And boy, is it nice. And it's under constant development and improvement. Um, it's definitely not vaporware, as a lot of things are. Yeah, the, the iPhone equivalent to that or iOS equivalent, I would say, is probably File App. That I love that because you can run, uh, if you're on Wi-Fi uh, or USB, you can run that app on it and your desktop and uh, connect from a, 
your it'll give you your IP address. It'll it'll make a share on the device that you can copy data back and forth between. It's nice. Here's another interesting app. It's called Romote, R-O-M-O-T-E. If you own a Roku media player, uh, you can open this app when connected to your local network. Uh, assuming the Roku is also on that same network, you type the Roku's IP address into this app, and it gives you a Roku remote control that takes up your full screen, and you can just control your Roku that way uh, rather than using the infrared remote control that comes with it. Your turn. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I just got a text message that confused me. Uh, <laughs> I was reading it like, is that supposed to go to me or a wrong number? Well, we never again. do this. We never just sit here and talk about some of the really great apps that you can use. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I looked at that. I never look at my phone while we're doing the, the, the podcast, but since I, I wanted to look at the name of that file app, I'm like, wait a minute, what's that text? Uh, so say that again. No, I was just saying, um, I was just mentioning an app that I like uh, called the Romote that allows you to control okay, your with Roku. Roku. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, it, well, on, on a similar range as that for my uh, <clears throat> Sony uh, Blu-ray player, and I know that Samsung has one like it too, there's a really cool uh, app that you can get to control the Blu-ray player over Wi-Fi. But, but another thing that I got for Christmas from my kids, I'm trying to see the name on this, uh, L5. I think it's like L5.com maybe. Uh, it's a little IR uh, emitter for the phone. You just plug into your dock and you can you can script all kinds of remote controls for it. And you can download defaults. Like I have the, the default uh, for all of my electronics devices, uh, my Dish or DirecTV. But the cool thing is that you can do just like on the really expensive Logitech Harmony remotes, you can script one key press to do multiple uh, IR outputs and you can put pauses on it and everything. So I can walk into my living room, plug this little IR admitter in and hit one button <clears> to watch a movie Let's say I want to watch Blu-ray and it switches the sound of my home theater system, turns the TV on, sets it to the cinema mode, uh, does all the things I want it to. It's great. And Luke is saying that he can't seem to listen live from his droid, now an ice cream sandwich. I would recommend that you go to the market Install an app called Zia Live, X-I-I-A Live. And when you open the app, click on the search button and search for radiotrainwreck.com. And that'll bring the stream right up and you'll be able to just click on it and play it uh, as as follows. I don't know. Let me see here. They're going to play? Let's see if we got any audio. Sony uh, Blu-ray player. And I know that Samsung has one like it too. There's a really cool How about uh, that? app. That guy sounds really great. <laughs> what a fag. But well, yeah, that sounds great. And you can click the little plus button as you're listening to a given stream to bookmark it. And uh, that's all you need to do if you want to listen to the show live. Now, we do have the embedded HTML5 players on that's the website, funny. and that should play as well. But I don't know if it'll continue to play after you turn your screen off. Yeah, that, that's annoying to me. Uh, there's all kinds of – I've noticed it on Android and on on iPhone. It just depends on who developed the application, whether they do the – the background <laughs> process. Uh, here's one that I definitely should have mentioned considering the business we're in here doing these shows. He says uh, he wants to know what the best way is to get podcasts on his droid. He's tried double twist, but it's so slow at transferring and you, uh, it's always hound, hounding you to purchase stuff. I agree. Double twist really sucks and it is not the answer. Uh, to interoperability between the PC and an Android device, as a lot of people think it is. Um, 
I haven't used that at all. Yeah, it's not good. A lot of people say that on the Android side that since we don't have an iTunes on this side, mm-hmm. that but really we don't need one because everything is done in the cloud on Android and has been since the beginning, which is why when iOS 5 came along and everyone was getting their panties wet over these yeah. cloud features, I'm sitting here. I was listening to Rush Limbaugh one day going on and on about how great it is, how awesome his iOS device is, and it's just the pinnacle of technology. And every single thing he listed that he's going to be able to do on his iPhone is stuff that I had been doing on Android for two years, yeah. And uh, I just, have I told you about my, iCl- my my iCloud account filling up? No. Uh, on my iPad, my, my well, kids. Hold on, have- hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold that for a second. I got sidetracked. I just want to point okay. out to Luke that uh, if you want to be able to get podcasts on your Android device really easily and in a greatly organized way, I recommend Beyond Pod. Um, it is a podcast casting application that allows you to subscribe to any number of podcasts. Um, you can subscribe to RSS feeds and stuff. Uh, also, I think. I, I yeah, think. I would second that. And, and yeah, you can do RSS feeds. I use it on my Android emulator to test our feeds. Um, and I hope he's listening and not just waiting for me to type all of this in the chat here. <laughs> There's always a download or a website to go to afterwards, right? Um, or, or I. Let's see what he says. Um, Skype, uh, S-Q-Y-P-E. S-Q-Y, I don't know that. He mentions something called S-Q-Y-P-E. Surely he means Skype. just regular Skype. I don't know. I'm going to look yeah. in the market here. S-Q-Y-P-E. Let's see if that brings anything up here. No? Let's say I, I've been playing uh, just on the idea of, of tools to, to play streaming, audio, all of that, uh, a program on the... Uh, the iPhone called uh, Media Connect, I believe, is yeah Media Connect. There's a free and uh, a paid version. Uh, the free one lets you uh, it, it'll play shoutcast streams, anything like that that you want. Uh, also, any media that's on your device has is, but it's also a D D L N A uh, connection. So I've got a network attached storage that has all of my movies, music, all of that on it. It'll play any of that. It'll play. Uh, you name on my computer if I have anything shared on uh, Windows Media or sorry uh, what, what is the Windows why, why can't I think of the name of Media Player yeah. uh, it'll play any of that uh, it, it's a, a, a nice app for that too well Media. I'm gonna go <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> um, and we never really talked about the Nokia Lumia yeah, 900 we'll, uh, we'll save that for next week Okay, uh, Big Fat Mike in the chat room just got one of those uh, this week, and so he's he's all excited. Oh, good. So. Well, uh, Big Fat Mike, hopefully he'll be here next Sunday when we do the show, and you, you can just call go ahead in. And lead with that. Yeah, next we'll just go ahead and have you call in uh, next week if you would and talk about that. I'd be really interested to hear. I have no faith in Windows Phone 7. I expect it to completely fall apart um, and go nowhere, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, well, this is a, a big deal for AT&T. They're putting all their money behind it, so I'm interested what he thinks. Uh, they're just trying to find a partner that's not Apple. I agree. <laughs> anyway, right. this is the Spec Sheet with Curtis Thornton. I'm Michael Van Dieven. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yep, uh, thank we'll, you. We'll be back next Sunday. Visit the website at radiotrainwreck.com. And don't forget to click on that Dropbox link that I'm going to put in the menu at the website so that I can get all kinds of free storage every time you sign up with it, okay? <laughs> but you'll get That's free right. storage, too. It's, it's, right. There it's is some reciprocity now. here. We're both yeah. going to benefit. So. Anyway, the well, spec sheet, radiotrainwreck.com. See you later, guys. See ya.
is the spec sheet. 